Good morning. Welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today our talk topic is baptism. Ba- oh, you you said it before ah, I did. Beat you to it. <laughs> but they knew that because there'll be a title on there already. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you didn't. You know. So baptism. What a good topic and one that is. I think in the back of everybody's mind, sometime if you go to church, I mean, baptism is a is a rite of it's a thing that the church, all churches of all denominations do in one way or the other because it was something that was instituted, a sacrament. Yeah, but it, it's a challenging uh, thing because there's so many different beliefs about baptism. Why do you there's think so it, many different well, tell concepts. Me, tell me why. Well, I think the two major camps on baptism are pedo-baptism and credo-baptism. And pedo-baptism is baptism of babies. Pedo? How do you spell yes, that? P-E-D-O. Oh, pedo. Yes, which just means Pediatrics. Baby. Yes, yes. Okay. that's what comes from that root word. And credo baptism, which is um, baptism upon a statement of faith. So uh, that would be uh, people of an age where they have the knowledge of what they're doing and they have a, a legitimate and credible um, statement of faith before they get baptized. So there's that's the two basic camps. There's all sorts of other things. There's... People that think you should be dunked three times, people that think uh, sprinkling's enough, people that think immersion is the way it should be, immersion face first, immersion backwards. Not crazy. There's all sorts of different things in there, um, but biblically, there's there's certain things biblically I think that are that stand out, and as as Baptists, I think we have our belief on it, and I think that uh, we need to look at what the Bible actually says okay. when we're talking about. Well, where do you like want to this. start? Well, I think when we look at when we look at baptism, we have to we have. I, I think the place to start is is with John. Oh, the first John Baptist. the Baptist. The first yes. Baptist. Yes. yes, the first baptisms that were going on was John, and why was John baptizing people? Because it was a, a baptism of repentance. He was telling them, "You brood of vipers." Oh, he said that to the Pharisees, but turn. Jesus said that. You brood of vipers. No, no, no. John did. Well, <clears throat> well, anyway, because they were looking at him, and yeah, Jesus probably said something similar, but John was a little crazy. But, um, well, that's just a thought. I mean, if you eat bugs and wear camel hair, you're a little bit on the crazy side, but in a good way. He was crazy for Jesus, crazy for God. I got off topic, but yeah. Yes, you did. Okay, okay. I read something. I, I want to share this because... Um, I, when we were talking about doing baptism, I wanted to say, well, where did the baptism come from? I mean, I know John's was doing it, but I got this from, this was really good. I want to tell you where, uh, I guess it's gotquestions.org, gotquestions.org. And mm-hmm. it had to be there. Because I can't see anything yeah. else. Because they said, you know, no one was walking by John while they're doing baptism and go, what in the world is he doing? So it didn't come as a surprise. They already had the mikvah that they would have to uh, submerge themselves before they went into the temple. And also women, seven days after their menstrual cycle, would have to cleanse themselves spiritually. It's not a bath, like you didn't take soap. But you'd have to, every strand of hair, every... Everything had to be dunked and come out wet as ceremonially. And so right. they think that, you know, John then took it and used it to 
do the baptism of repentance. It's right. Like it was turning a, into a new it was life. a ceremonial cleansing, basically. Yeah, ceremonial and cleansing. I it like was that. one of those concepts where um, when someone fully repented, then the baptism made sense. There was a purpose behind it. Right. It's like an acknowledgement. It's, it's an outward sign of, of an inward um, an inward spirit. So you're you're truly repenting and, and asking to be baptized is an outward sign that you have been reborn. Now, <clears throat> Jesus was baptized right. by John, even though John objected. Yeah, John did object because John like, said, I need to be baptized by you, not yes. you by me, because he recognized who Jesus was. And Jesus said, no, it has to be done to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, Jesus said it's necessary huh. to be baptized. And he asked for that. Um, from John, and obviously that was the that was the time where the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God were all visible at one time, and John mm-hmm. saw the dove de- descending on Jesus. So Jesus Himself was baptized. Um, <clears throat> and I want to bring up. So people say, you know, Jesus says, "If you love me, you'll keep my commands," and He does tell us at the end of Matthew that we'll go and then share the gospel and baptize new people. Baptizing right. them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So Jesus is saying, uh, "Yeah, that's we're Acts. supposed to be baptized." Right, and that, that's in Acts one. Well, also, but then um, the, the last, um, the the Great Commission. Yeah, the Great the Commission last, is what I was thinking. The last thing it says: "Go therefore." This is Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that he commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus does command us to be baptized, and he he and his disciples, his disciples were baptizing people. Um, so mm-hmm. Jesus was doing it. This was in John 4, uh, 1 and 2, when therefore the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, and then it says in two in parentheses, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were. So, I mean, Jesus had his disciples do this. And it was a, the Great Commission is, a, is an interesting way to look at it, I think, because what Jesus says in the Great Commission, I think, is, read that again. Oh, read the, the Great, Great Commission? Commission okay, yeah. again, it's Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen. I'm getting there. Pages... Fingers are a little stuck. Okay, twenty-eight, nineteen. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Yes, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That was twenty, also. So, if we look at all the different ways people are are looking at baptism, you know, the infant baptism concept, um, like the Roman Catholic Church's version of infant baptism i think is is flawed in many many ways nowhere in the bible does it talk about baptizing infants infants. yeah um although some people equate it with circumcision how children were circumcised and cut off you know the piece of their flesh cut off and and then you know baptism is kind of like that but i think you're starting to reach and i think that's going more into church doctrine than biblical doctrine and i I, it's why i kind of have I, I do that. like what you said to me in the in the suburban the other day, and I agree with this. Is that because we were talking about baptism, and I just don't understand why people would choose to the infant baptism. There's not like anything wrong with it, but it's not really baptism how Jesus talked about it. 
you said that an infant baptism is more like what we'd say an infant dedication is. Because mm-hmm. it's more about the, the parents, parents than the baby's faith. Right. Yeah. Cause, yep. And, and I guess if you look at infant baptism in that way, I guess you should call it infant watery dedication. Or well, it's I don't you know. There's a lot of really good believers out there that that do infant baptism, and I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with it, but I don't think it's baptism from a biblical standpoint. I think no. baptism from a biblical standpoint is more of a credo baptism, where a credo. What's that? Adult credo. No, credo is. Creed. 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 Oh, it's, okay. It's based upon a statement of faith. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So the concept of, of a credo baptism is is the beginning of someone's walk with, with yes, God. Yes, yes. And that, that, Paul talks about that. Uh, let me pull that up. Um, Paul talks about it in a lot of his... Um, Romans of his, 6, 1 Corinthians uh, 10. Um in Romans 6, it says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And that means, basically, through the acceptance of Christ and the repentance of sin, we are um, accepting the, the concept of the new creation. Mm-hmm. And so Paul's uh, explanation of baptism was a descent into the grave and resurrection is what it represents. It's representative of that. Um, of that new creation sort of thing as a resurrection. I will say both Peter and Paul both assumed all believers would be baptized because first Peter three, 20 and 21, Peter, uh, compares baptism to Noah going through the flood. And I'll just read those. He says, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. And corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, so that could be taken wrong, because he does say, and this is the New American Standard, says, baptism now saves you. Right. But it doesn't mean the watery part because... But I think I think even Peter understood that that might be taken wrong and that's why he goes into uh, explaining it right away in 21. He says, baptism now saves you. But he immediately said, not the removal of the filth of the flesh. It's not like taking a bath, but the pledge of a good conscience, conscience yeah, to God. That, in other words, it's that it's that credo again, that... that pledge that I am a believer of Christ. And so the baptism as a sign of that goes right along with that. It's a, it's a, and he assumed, and I think you're right, Paul also assumed that if you were a believer, you were baptized. Right. Cause then Paul, Paul was baptized himself by Ananias. Right. When, when he, uh, Wait a accepted Christ and the scales fell off his face and said that he rose, ate, was was restored physically, and was baptized. But we don't know if Ananias did it. Um, it was at the same time. Do we know? I mean, I guess I, I believe don't... it was. Well, let me let us look there. I believe it there. was that Ananias actually was the one that did it because Ananias was the one. Who... Oh, here we are. It's um Acts, Acts nine. nine. Yeah. Okay, it says here, and immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he arose and was baptized. 
So it doesn't say exactly that Ananias did it, but he probably he very likely could have. Right. I think we should just say he could have been baptized by Ananias. He was baptized. And oh, that's Shannon's phone. I'll just, just ignore it. Uh, just ignore it. Hit the button on the right side. All right. <coughs> yeah. So he I got mean, up and was baptized, but Ananias was the one that was there. You know, he was there, but yeah, the, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road you were traveling, and sent me so that you can gain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says, at once scales from fell from his eyes. He got up and was baptized. He began so, to say, and he was baptized. Right. So, so I I take that as a con, uh, continuation of Ananias' yeah, thing. With but him. I don't. But, I'm not going to say 100 percent sure. But he was there. But you're probably right. right. Um, I think that we're splitting hairs there a little bit on that. But yeah. So but we'll Paul, take a poll. Paul intentionally was baptized. Yes. Um, and that was. And he talks about baptism, like you said, in Romans. Yeah. And then First Corinthians ten. And then um, there was something I wanted to bring up. Um, Ephesians, he talks about it. Galatians, he talks about it. Um, Colossians. Paul talks about it in pretty much all of his books. Okay. In all of his letters, he talks about baptism. Here's where, this is a splitting of hairs too, but okay. Mark 16, 16 mm-hmm. says, He was believed, and this is in red letters, He was believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he was disbelieved shall be condemned. And again, I mean, I don't think Jesus means, I think if you can be baptized, you, you should be baptized because Jesus tells us to be baptized. But right. I mean, if someone like the thief on the cross he didn't have time to be baptized. Right. So it's not so like baptism it, is baptism is not necessary for salvation. I don't I don't no, honestly it's not. believe that. But However, it is in obedience to uh, the teachings and the commands of Christ. And Jesus does say, If you love me, you'll keep my commands. So if if you're a believer and have not yet been baptized, you have to ask why. Why are you disobeying Jesus in this? You know, because it is a, it, it, there could be a variety of reasons, but you, a person who is a Christian needs to be baptized. I mean, Jesus says that. Right. So if you're not, that's something you should, you need you to deal think with about it. that. You yeah. Need to consider it. Um, and it, in, uh, in the concept of, of baptism also, uh, the word baptize actually means immerse. Oh, does it? Yes. So I didn't know that. Sprinkling is, is not what baptism is. It's an immersion. And we see everywhere in the Bible that we see the baptism in the New Testament, the baptism is an immersion. I didn't know that. Yes, that's what that the means, word means. means. means immerse. Immersion. Yes. So you could, the same word would be used if you were dying something. Okay. You immerse it in the water. You could say you baptize it in the water. Oh. It just means immersion. Well, my Bible says it means symbolic washing. Hmm. And I guess someone could say, yeah, look it up, because, I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. this is just a little concordance in the back. But I, I do say, I remember that when Jesus is washing his disciples' feet, and, and you know, Peter protests, and Jesus says, if you don't let me wash your feet, you're not part of me, or whatever. And mm-hmm. Jesus said, well, Peter then got all crazy and says, well, then uh, wash my head, my hands, you know, wash all of me. And Jesus says, well, no. Right. The feet are enough. So couldn't someone say, well, if I proclaim Christ, I give a statement of faith, wouldn't a sprinkling of water be enough? 
technically, I'm sure it probably does not matter that way, yeah. one way or another. I think but it's that statement of if faith. You, if you think about it, um, even in in Acts, when uh, Philip was talking to the of oh, the, the eunuch, the eunuch in the chariot, um, if if sprinkling was enough, why did they have to wait until here? There's water on the side of the road, and they got out and did immersions because Philip went in with him. True. Philip, it says Philip went into the water with him. So obviously it was enough that they could get into the water. It wasn't a puddle on the side of the road. This was, there's water. Why can't I be baptized right now? So, yeah, I think think immersion is the biblical way of doing it, although I'm not sure, yeah, if, if there was no, if someone wanted to be baptized and there was absolutely no ability to, to immerse, I think the spirit is there. Yeah, and I will say, here's another one, and I don't mean to be, like, argumentative, because right. I totally agree with everything you say, but uh, Luke twelve fifty, Jesus, and I'm going to go to 49, Jesus is talking to his disciples, a bunch, bunch of red words here, Luke twelve forty nine and 50 says, I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled, but I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. And then there, I'm, I'm guessing he's talking about his crucifixion and resurrection. Mm-hmm. So he's using baptism in a different way. But it is also a turning. Right. It's like an end of one life and a beginning of another life. And that's how we need to look at our baptism. It's not just a thing to do because you're old enough now. It's, it is your deliberate choice to end your life of self and life, you know, that's mainly a life of self. And then you're going to take up your cross and you're going to live for Jesus. Right. Two different lives. World of flesh, world of the kingdom. Right. Yeah. And I did look it up here. And, and, okay. Um, the Greek word baptizo uh-huh. means immerse. It huh. was not a biblical term or a religious term when it was originally used. It just, oh, just it's meant just... to be... Dunked under the water. So you might be baptizing your clothes when you wash them. Technically, Kinda. by, by the use of the verb. Okay. Right? But in obviously in the in religious terms, as we're talking about uh, faith, baptism, it took on a different meaning. Oh, I, so I want to say, okay, so so baptism really was kind of a the way the church uses it was instituted by John mm-hmm. and Jesus. It was a new a new way of doing the. It was it was it was different than the Jewish way. It because was a spiritual was a, baptism and not a cleansing. Yes, but the the mikvah thing, it also was a spiritual cleansing. But they did it over and over and over. This was a right. one time thing. Yes, but and there it was the concept behind baptism again was, you know, the the descent, the separation, the descent into the waters, the separation, and the death of self. And the resurrection was the coming back out of the water. So I want to sh- show there was a foreshadowing of baptism in the Old Testament because I thought about okay. this. Okay, there were four times. People only bring up three, but I think the fourth one, too, is a good one. Well, actually, no, there's five. I'll just... Six. I'll, okay, I'll just, just list them. Just do one. First, yeah. number one, Noah going through the flood. We already mentioned that with Peter, First right. Peter, how they were saved through the water. Mm-hmm. Two, the Israelites went through the Red Sea to a new life. Mm-hmm. They left the life of slavery, sl- excuse me, slavery, and then went through the water and were free. But they didn't really go through the water. They were dry when they came, went through because... Yeah, but the water was on both sides. I know, but it was... Yeah, okay. Okay. I, I little, didn't bring that one that's up. That's a little bit of a reach, but okay. Paul brought that one up. 
So, well, you know, 1 Corinthians 10. All right. All right. But, oh, wait. That wasn't just Jane. Okay. okay. The third one is Jonah. He goes down into the water in the whale. And then, because um, even Jesus brings this Jonah comparison up, Luke 11. Mm-hmm. You know, none of this maybe matters to anyone, but I think it's interesting because the whole Bible is has uh, continuity. Um, it all relates to everything. And um, Luke 11, 29 and 30, that can't be right. Well, I don't know where it is because that's what I wrote down. But Jesus talks about Jonah and um, and it wasn't there. Uh, oh, sign of Jonah. Right. Uh, it would be Luke. It is Luke 11. And as the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is a wicked generation. It seeks for a sign, and yet no sign shall be given to it but the sign of Jonah. For just Oh, this is different, though. But just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so shall the Son of Man be to this generation. But no, but Jonah did go into the water, and he came up a changed man. He did. He came up obedient, though he wasn't real. I mean, he was grudgingly obe- obedient. Yeah, grudgingly yeah. obedient. Which, you know what? That That encourages me. Because sometimes we are dragged into obedience because we know we got to do it, but we don't want to do it, and we still do it. God honors it anyway. So that even that, if there's a Christian listening to this and you haven't been baptized because you just don't want to do it, just go ahead and do it anyway. And even though you're grudging about it, God will honor it. You know, I don't know. Okay, so okay, the next so, one, Joshua. Okay. Enter the promised land through the Jordan because it parted. Okay, here's the other one. Elisha began his ministry after Elijah walked into or went up in his chariot to heaven. Elisha, as he entered, he hit the Jordan River with the mantle of Elijah and the waters parted and his ministry started. And then the other one, now all those that I just shared with you, they did not come from Jane's ideas. These were from other, either from the Bible or from someone else, some other ministry comparing it. You know, I think they're all good comparisons. The other one is Naaman, Second Kings 5. Mm-hmm. He comes to Elisha. Elisha doesn't even walk out of his house because Naaman is a valiant warrior, but he has leprosy and his little, his wife's little servant girl who happens to be Jewish said, Jewish said, you know, my God can heal you. And so he goes to Elisha. You should all read that. Second Kings right, five. Right. And he dips himself into the Jordan three, seven times. And he comes out clean and Naaman do it, does it even though he doesn't think it's going to work. So we can be obedient even with doubt and God will honor it. Right. Okay. Um, I talked a lot. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Um, and as you're, as you're talking about those things too, um, some people could say that that's the ritual cleansing again, yes. in the water. So, yeah, you're right. um, but Jesus himself said, uh, I'm looking here in Mark 16, starting verse 15. He said, go into all the world world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Um, I think what. What Jesus was saying here, believe and be baptized. In other words, be an open and honest uh, profession of faith and an open and honest uh, symbol of faith through baptism. That's what's going to save you. Now, it does not say that baptism is salvation because he says, whoever does not believe will be condemned. Yes. So it's 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 the belief. 
And the outward action of that is simply an acknowledgement to the rest of the world that this is who I am. I'm a new, I'm a new person. But baptism, we have to remember, baptism is the beginning yes. of your walk with Christ, not the end of your walk right. with Christ. So it's not, it's, it's not everything's perfect after you get baptized. No. There is, that's the beginning of your walk. So I will say also, because I thought of this, mm-hmm. is that when you just said that, it is, it is similar to uh, a man and woman who are committed to each other and then they follow through and get married. Right. That is uh, ending of the single life and they go to the married life and that shows that they have a true commitment. Sure. You know? Yep. And it's an outward sign that's intentional and meant to convey to everyone who's watching that yeah. this is who I am now. And that so. is what the baptism is. Because right. before someone is baptized, they say, proclaim, I do believe in the Son of God or whatever. Mm-hmm. Father, Son, and yeah, Holy do you Ghost. Believe? Do you believe? Yeah. So. Do, you, do you reject Satan and all of his ways? And yeah. And it's baptism in and of itself is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is a beautiful thing. And it is, it is, it is an open commitment. I mean, you can't whisper that I believe in God and not tell anybody about it. That's not what Jesus tells us to do. Each of us is called to go out and preach the gospel. Each is, each of us is told to go out and Spread the good news, not just, you know, those that are in, in ministry or, or ordained or anything like that. We're all called to that. And we are all called to baptism. Paul talks about that uh, several times, about how we are all baptized together. Um, I have a question. In Colossians two twelve thirteen, 13, he says, mm-hmm. you, Having been buried with him in bat- baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead... And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive with him, having forgiven all our sins. And um, it's one of those things that uh, uh, Romans 6.3 says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So again, it's all of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Mm. Ephesians 4, 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. So Paul's assuming that if you're a Christian, you've been baptized, and Peter does, and Jesus baptized, or his disciples did. Okay, First I want, Corinthians twelve okay. thirteen. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So he's, again, it's a universal thing that he's just talking about the fact that if you were, if you were professing faith and becoming a believer you were baptized and through that baptism uh there's a common link with all of us that's a that's a communal communal thing okay that is good and i do know we were talking about this sunday on the way to church about Mm -hmm. baptism Mm -hmm. and then you mentioned sometimes you have done it before you've you've preached on baptism and Mm -hmm. i had the thought at the time i thought yeah but you know, most everyone was baptized. I mean, why preach to Christians who've been baptized about baptism? But I understand that now because it's also good to remember your mm-hmm. baptism. What that symbolized that you said by being baptized that you died to self and you have chosen Jesus Christ. And I want to take a little commercial break here. It's a renewing. Is a renewing. Yes. Take a commercial break. Once Talk to a wonderful sister in Christ this morning named Annabelle Mortensen. And I doubt if she listens to this. Any, but anyway, anyone who listens to this and knows Annabelle, I have a quote from her I wrote down, shared it on Facebook, but it's worth 
sharing with everyone because it's a great thing she said. She said to me, prayer is the most powerful resource we have on this earth. So I just want to share that with everybody. That was my little commercial break. Not okay. a commercial, but back to baptism. What do you say, Preacher Shannon? <laughs> Boy, that annoys me when you do that. Preacher um, Shannon? No, when you throw it out there like Pastor that. Shannon? Just, I don't like Ta- that. Papa? You just throw that out there at me and just go, hey, what do you think? Well, I've already told you what I think. I know, but um, I just, you know. And just, just in summation chill? here, I would oh, highly no. recommend you consider it. If you have not been baptized as an adult baptism, if you have not been baptized, I highly, I highly recommend that you do it for the, for the following purposes. Number one, it is a profession of faith. It brings you together, as Paul says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Yeah. It brings you together into the body of Christ. Uh, baptisms are not something that should necessarily be done in secret. We're not hiding it. This is an no. outward thing that yeah. we show. And it's a unification within the church. If you're a member of a church and have not been baptized, why? Yeah, yeah, That's the only thing. My question would be, why, why not? Yeah. And if you are a member of the church and you have not been baptized and you say, well, I've been going to this church for so long. Uh, no. No. It is, an, it is a blessing for everyone who is present to see that baptism and to understand what it means to you and the importance of that and the importance of your relationship with Christ that you would do this publicly. So I would recommend that you consider it and, and highly encourage you to be baptized, um, not because it's necessary for salvation, but because it is such a blessing uh, both for you and for those that are watching. And, and Jesus believe said to me, do it. Especially as a... As a as a preacher, to be baptizing someone is such a blessing. Yeah, you such get a that blessing. honor. I mean, but that's all right. But it doesn't have to be me. No, but so it, it has been. But and then yeah, the the last thing, of course, is because Jesus said, "Repent and be baptized." So why not? Where's the question? Yeah. Well, I do have. I have a question. Of course, you do. Okay, so let's say someone comes to you. Hmm. And they are professing Jesus Christ. They've accepted him. They've mm-hmm. done all that. But their parents baptize them as an infant. And they say, well, I'll profess my faith, but I'm claiming my infant baptism as my baptism. What would you say? Well, your infant baptism was not your decision. Well, can't I have grandfather rights and just take it? And Why just... would you bother? I don't know. If you're, coming, if you're coming forward... And you were professing faith. Why would you? Why would you fight against? I don't know why you fight against it. So that oh. would be my that would be my my discussion with them is simply why would you not want to be baptized? Yeah. What's wrong with it? Is it because you're afraid of water? Don't worry, no one will drop you. No. And no Shannon more. is very strong. And I guarantee you, I've never baptized anybody in the deep end of the pool, so it's not like we oh. have to tread water. I've been so trying to talk. <laughs> all you got to do is stand up. Get in a horse tank, and we'll just do it and then you could just stand up and be no big deal but i don't fit in the water then no i know but then you don't have to get wet yeah well okay i have one more I, question i was th- it was always it was fun for me all the all the baptisms that i've done i've walked into the water with them whether it was in um, lake lantry the, the lantry lake or whether it was in a swimming pool or wherever we went um but i always thought it was fun that in a church we were in before they had a baptismal in the church and they would heat the water it was really cool it was like a small swimming pool in the church it was really a neat deal and uh the pastors before me would always wait the waiters hip waiters 
or chest waders actually, so that they go in the water and not get wet. But I will say, uh, Bart let me borrow them for a while when we got so flooded. When we flooded, yes. We flooded, so, so it's I nice could, to have the waders. I use them to feed the horses, but yeah, because we had to go across water to get there. But um, it's just a, it is such a blessing. Any baptism that I've ever been to has been such a blessing to see your children baptized because they believe is is a more emotional and more important event, I think, than an infant baptism because the infant baptism is not the child's choice. But to see your children or someone else's children or... An adult. I, I'm praying eventually my grandchildren, um, I will be able to see their baptism when they get to an age where they make a credible um, profession of faith, and I can see that change in them. It's just, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's a gift. Baptism is a gift. I want to say one more thing. Of course you do. Then you can end. <laughs> if if someone's listening to this, and let's say they had an actual baptism where they profess faith, but they walked away from the Lord, mm-hmm. it's okay. They if they want to be baptized again, they can do it again. If you want to renew, there's nothing wrong with that. It's be no different than a renewal of vows for for a marriage. Right. It's not saying that what went before didn't count. Right. Um, And but it's not necessary either. True. True. It's not necessary. um, It's kind of like it is a beautiful gift from mm -hmm. God that we we use baptism as a way to uh, symbolize our belief and and the understanding that. We are to be buried and rose again and be new creatures in Christ. So it is a it is a beautiful thing and I would not I would not hesitate to have anyone who came to me say, I want to be baptized. Man, I will do that right now. Amen. So And thank you to Hawken for the background noises. Yes. I told him we'd acknowledge his presence. So well, you wanna say bye? Yeah. God bless everyone and, and uh Thanks for listening. Yeah. Pass us along. You know, not us, the podcast. Bye.